Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Today is Monday, May 2nd, and you are listening to Rocket City Lift. Welcome back to Rocket City Lift. I'm Tara Bolger. And I'm Brett Goodman. And we come to you three times a week and try to bring a bit of a spiritual lift to your day. Today we're going to read a passage from the book of Acts as we see how the good news of Jesus is spreading. But before we get to that, let's begin with prayer. Let us pray. Lord Jesus Christ, as we read in the book of Acts about the good news of your resurrection spreading for the first time, may we take hold of that good news and spread it to our communities. We pray this all in your name. Amen. Amen. Our reading today is from the ninth chapter of the book of Acts, the first 19 verses. Meanwhile, Saul still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any who belonged to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now as he was going along and approaching Damascus, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? He asked, Who are you, Lord? The reply came, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But get up and enter the city, and you will be told what you are to do. The men who were traveling with him stood speechless because they heard the voice, but saw no one. Saul got up from the ground, and though his eyes were open, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. For three days he was without sight, and neither ate nor drank. Now there was a disciple in Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias. He answered, Here I am, Lord. The Lord said to him, Get up and go to the street called Straight. And at the house of Judas, look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. At this moment, he is praying, and he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priests to bind all who invoke your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is an instrument whom I have chosen to bring my name before Gentiles and kings and before the people of Israel. I myself will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. So Ananias went and entered the house. He laid his hands on Saul and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on your way here has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes and his sight was restored. Then he got up and was baptized. And after taking some food, 
he regained his strength. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be be to to God. God. Tara, before we get into the scripture, what's the last best thing that you've seen in the church? So I was at a wedding last weekend, so I wasn't here, but I think the whole of Easter is always just like the best thing. And I had this memory of like standing in the middle of Fellowship Hall and it's like bananas, right? And um, and just my heart was full. So I think the gathered community is my mm-hmm. last best thing. Mm-hmm. What about you? Uh, well, this, this morning, uh, me and several of our call them the old guys mm-hmm. uh the yep. men that come to our men's bible study we brought food to a to a preschool here in town that uh, serves an underserved community uh and to <laughs> the director asked if we could just bring some people bring some breakfast and just listen to the kids talk because they're at the end of the year and the teachers just need so a tired. break yeah. uh and so just to watch uh some of these men sits at table <laughs> with these kids and ask them questions about their dogs and their little mm. siblings uh, was uh, a, a, one of the best things I've seen in the church in a while. <laughs> uh, Absolutely. And I've been to Second Mile Preschool. Uh-huh. Those kids give the best hugs. They give the best hugs. Yep. <laughs> but to our scripture, who is Saul and why is he breathing these threats and murder? And and what do you make of the, of the blindness that comes? First of all, I kind of want my autobiography to be titled Breathing Threats and Murder. I think that's such an incredibly awesome (laughs) phrase. I just love it. Um, So here's what we know about Saul, who will eventually become Paul. Um, Saul grew up in the Roman Empire. He was a very Hellenistic Jew, which meant that he grew up in a time where all of the Greek thought and philosophy had impacted him, even though he was a faithful Jew. So, for instance, he would have first read the um, the Pentateuch in the Greek language. He would eventually learn the original Hebrew as he was educated, but he was thoroughly Greek. And at that time, to be a Jew in the Roman Empire, they really had a lot of tolerance for yeah. people who weren't Jews. Mm-hmm. They accepted them. They did. There wasn't a lot of contention. But something happens for Saul when this new sect of Judaism is formed around Jesus and he becomes enraged and kind of makes it his personal mission to kind of stamp it out. And so for all of the like tolerance he would have grown up with, Mm -hmm. he suddenly becomes very focused on being intolerant of this one group. And so this passage is where... Saul has gotten the Jewish authorities to allow him to go out and find anyone who is following in the way of Jesus Christ, and he's going to bind them and bring them back to Jerusalem. Um, And so everyone is terrified. I can't imagine how scary that must be. But he is waylaid by this experience in Damascus. And I love, love, love also, there's so much about this. But when, you know, Jesus comes to him in a flash, other people hear it. And then it says, even though his eyes were open, he couldn't see. Hmm. And I just think, man, how many times have my eyes been open and I couldn't see? Hmm. Paul had grown up in the Jewish tradition being told that the Messiah would come. His eyes were open and he could not see. So, you know, Saul's blindness... um, 
is really, I think, a challenge to all of our blindness, especially when it comes to tolerance in the church. Mm. Mm. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think, you know, Saul grew up in this, you know, Greco-Roman. He was a he was a he was a Roman citizen, which had a lot of privilege that came with it. I mean, he he really was in um, on uh, the, with all the privileges that came with being a Roman citizen. And I think what's interesting is he has this tolerance for outside religions, but it's when something threatens his his way of viewing his own religion that he becomes uh, so overly zealous uh, that to the point of, you know, destruction and murder. Um, someone read to me a quote from a psalm this morning, which if your autobiography is going to be breathing threats and murder, mine's going to be that your feet may be dipped in the blood of your foes. <laughs> that was from the psalms. <laughs> so uh, those can be our two uh, memoirs. Um, but but for, for Saul, he... We've talked about this before, right? Where he feels he has to be the one that protects God, right? Um, and it's kind of ironic when we say it in that way, but how often do we feel that need that we have to be, we feel a threat that an outside group may threaten our inside group and in how we think about things. Um, and man, I, I hadn't thought about that line that you pointed out that his eyes were open, but he could not see because that so often uh is right this is this is still at the beginning this is still kind of if we think about it people who are on the inside we haven't gone to the gentiles we haven't gone to the outside yet this is within the church right um this is this is conviction for our own hearts yeah and you know he's already t by the time we read this he's already taken part in the stoning of stephen mm -hmm. i mean there is this um visceral hatred mm -hmm. right that you can feel in that phrase breathing threats and murder and so i love the idea that the only way jesus can get him to hear is to strike him blind hmm. um, just strike him blind and that's the only thing that's going to get his attention enough um so i you know i love stories of I used to believe this one thing, and then I had this spiritual experience, and now I believe another. Hmm. Um, I love those stories. Yeah, and um, this is this is a good one. It seems like, you know, not that zeal in and of itself is a bad thing, right? There are tremendous tremendous amounts of examples in Scripture where zeal is a good thing, uh, but uh, Paul's heading in the wrong, or Saul's heading in the wrong direction with his zeal, uh, and it takes a moment for him to need to be incapacitated to stop and to pray in a room uh for him to be realigned of where god is calling him to because then he's clearly a passionate man he uses that to become you know a writer of half the new testament <laughs> yeah i um there's a line in the book of order which is our book of kind of that sets forth kind of our foundational principles of faith and my favorite, one of my favorite lines in it says that we are to be faithful to Jesus Christ, even if it means the death of the church. Mm. I don't, I don't believe that our Lord and Savior needs me to defend him. I do think my Lord and Savior needs me to be true to him. Mm. And those, um, those are different things. Yeah. Um, but yeah. All right. We're going to end with a quote by Helen Keller, who has said, 
Death is no more than passing from, from one room into another. But there's a difference for me, you know, because in that other room, I shall be able to see. Hmm. Thank you all for being with us. We hope you have a good couple of days. I was doing my Friday outro I there. Saw there. <laughs> yeah. uh, but we'll be back on Wednesday to talk about a piece of scripture from Matthew. Now may each of you go out to love and to serve, to be well, to care for yourselves and others, knowing that the grace and love of God is ever upon you. Amen.